Turn to Romans, please. The third chapter. Romans chapter 3. And in the third verse. Romans 3 and 3 says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Now here's two questions. What's the answer to these two questions? Verse 4 is the answer. God forbid. God forbid. Uh, The Weiss translation, instead of saying God forbid, says, let no one ever think such a thing. Let no one ever think such a thing. Think what? Think that the faith of God doesn't work. That the faith of God doesn't have effect and results. Just because some didn't believe, that doesn't mean faith doesn't work. Very important to know this. Go to Timothy, please. Second Timothy, the second chapter. God is real, and faith in Him, real faith in Him, works for everybody, all the time. Do you believe it? How many believe God is real? And real faith in Him gets real results every time. And what if some didn't get their faith right? Their faith wasn't right and real. Does that make real faith ineffective? Let nobody ever think such a thing. In 2 Timothy, 2 chapter, 13th verse. Let's see, um, what did I do? 1 Timothy is where I want you to go right now. I got ahead of myself. 1 Timothy 1 and 4. 1 Timothy 1 4 says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith. So do. Now, the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. Three of the most important things you could talk about in the Christian life and walk love out of a pure heart. A good or a clear conscience and faith that is what? Not just faith, but unfeigned faith. Now, that's not a word we use so much in modern vernacular. But what does that mean? Unfeigned would be not feigned. And feigned means to pretend. Feigned faith would be fake faith. Or pretend faith. Or phony faith. Obviously there is a faith. That to some looks like faith. Sounds like faith. But it's not real faith. It's phony faith. And so he's saying. Don't have a phony faith. Other translations bring this out. They say faith that is not assumed. But real. Not a counterfeit faith. A true faith, a genuine faith, and like the title of our series again, a faith in God that's real. Real faith. Why do we need to talk about real faith? Because obviously there is phony faith. You know, there's there's a number of people, not just a handful. There's a lot of people across the world in the last you know, 30, 40 years since we've been in the ministry and, and learning. I know people that used to be so stirred up about faith, but they're not anymore. People that used to preach faith, but they don't preach it anymore. A lot of people have gotten disillusioned because they prayed things and it didn't come to pass. They said things and confessed things and it didn't happen. And so... They, you know, you you keep doing that, keep doing that. Well, of course, you're going to get tired of that. So they they got disillusioned and decided, whether they just came right out and said it or not, that all this stuff don't work. All this believing you receive, all this confession, all this sowing and reaping, all this, you know, that don't work. But the thing is, 
There's only one other direction you can go. If it's not based on our faith and our walking in faith and receiving in faith, then it must be all up to him. Not up to us, but up to him. And so some people are saying, they're talking about new revelations that wherein you realize it's all up to him. Uh, He does everything and he's already done everything and it's all up to him. That's not new. That's the sovereignty of God in extreme and a teaching and some kind of perception that it's all up to God. Well, it's not all up to God. Jesus said repeatedly, according to your faith. Could he have said it's up to God? Could he have said it's according to the sovereignty of God? According to the will of God, according to the power. He could have said that. Men have said that, but it's contrary to the word. And so people have gotten disillusioned and some have backed off of faith. But shall their unbelief now make the faith of God without effect? Let it never be said. God forbid. Faith is real. Right? And if something didn't work, it wasn't God that didn't work. It wasn't the word that didn't work. And it wasn't real faith that didn't work. It was people calling things faith that wasn't faith. Why would you immediately decide it's God's fault? (laughs) No, we need to look in the mirror. What do you think? Faith that is not phony, but real. So we've gone through now. For a few weeks, and we talked first of all about imitation faith. We talked about presumptuous faith. We've talked about baseless faith, faith without a foundation. We've talked about describing real faith. We talked about faith you can see and faith you can hear. Hallelujah. Real faith you can see. Real faith you can hear. And last uh, Sunday we talked about faith and fellowship. Genuine fellowship, living fellowship with the living God is the fountain faith flows out of. Hallelujah. And I think one of the biggest problems that people have had is trying to exercise faith without living in fellowship with God. Just learning some faith principles And saying, I'm going to believe this and I'm going to claim that. And they didn't even talk to the Father about it. No, you got to talk to Him. And if you abide in Him and His words abide in you, Jesus said, you can ask whatever you want and it'll be done. Hallelujah. But that's you maintaining a living communion with Him. How many know we can't just take faith principles and say this and claim this and pray this? We need to check in with Him every morning, every afternoon. Is that right? We need to be talking to Him. Somebody said, well, just believe. Believe what? Would you stand on the Scripture? It's a big book. Which one? (laughs) We need to hear from Him every day. And if we're using our faith based on what we're getting from Him in living communion and fellowship in His Word, by His Spirit, It'll be real faith and faith that works and faith that gets results. Let's go on to another aspect of faith in in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, if you would. I hope you're ready because you're going to get a double dose of the word today. You're going to, no playing around, no little eye drops. Open wide. Here it comes. Amen. Second Timothy 4 and 7. At the end or near the end of Paul's ministry in life, he made this statement inspired by the Spirit. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say this out loud. I want you to practice. Yes, sir. Because you want to be able to say this in a few days. 
The Lord tarries his coming. None of us are going to be down here forever. You know, the maximum that you can believe for is about 120 years. That's a lot more than most folks make. But uh, if you make it to 120 or 100 or whatever, it's going to come and go so fast. A lot of us are already more than halfway there. And if you're not, how many that's over halfway there can tell the younger folks, you'll be there soon? (laughs) Is that right? I mean, you look up one day and you're 25, you look up again and, whoa, 50. Wow, what happened? And they say the older you get, it seems like it goes by faster. It's a perception of time. But the truth is, we think 100 years is a long time. It's nothing. From God's perspective, to him, a millennia, a thousand years is like a day to him. Well, that's the correct perception of time. Well, if a correct perception of time is to live a thousand years and it be like you just had a day, well, then what would a hundred years be like to you? It'd be like a couple of hours. And so uh, with the Lord, that's with the Lord sustaining you. A lot of people don't make it that long. With the Lord sustaining you, you're going to look up in a few years. And what you want to be able to say when you realize you're about to breathe your last, you're about to get out of here. If you're a believer, nothing to be scared of, something to be excited about. Because they're working on your mansion right now. The Lord said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I'd have told you. They're working on your place. You have a place. Are you a believer? Are you a Christian? You have a place. Hallelujah. A place. One man that died and went to heaven and came back, he said, man, he said, I had real estate. He had the idea, like some people, that there were these cookie-cutter mansions, you know, uh, with white columns side by side down the street. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh. He said, I had a, I had a lake. I had a mountain behind my house. He said, I, he said, and I was just standing there with my mouth open going, ha, ha, ha. And he said, the Lord said, I know what each of my children like. And I custom build their abodes to their liking. Abode is the Greek word that you see in the book of John where he said I go to prepare a place for you. Abode, that word we get our word estate from. Landed estate. It's going to be different than you thought. It's going to be more gooder. (laughs) And Dave approves that. It's going to be more gooder. (laughs) Than we thought was even possible. Is he the God. The amazing God. Of exceeding abundantly above. Everything you ever asked or thought. You're not going to get there and go. Oh this is okay. It's not bad. Not bad Lord. Yeah thanks. Uh uh. Uh uh. You'll be yelling and hollering for some time. And when we get you calmed down. He'll go, oh, Jesus, oh, Master, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. He said, I know what each of my children like. Does he? Does he? And he said, I custom build. I guess no two of them will be alike then. I custom build their abodes. Aren't you glad you're going? Aren't you glad you're going? Let's take as many people as we can with us. Because nobody should go to that other place. This is where you want to go. But when you realize this is my last day, I'm leaving here, what do you want to be able to say? You want to be able to say this. I have fought a good fight. Well, it was a faith fight. The Bible said fight the good fight of faith. It took faith to fight the fight. I have fought a good fight. And I have what? Finished. My course. I didn't leave early. I didn't waste my life. On chasing foolish junk. Instead of doing the work of God. Doing his plan for my life. I have what? Kept. The faith. Here is a big characteristic. Of real faith. Real faith. Finishes. Said out loud, real faith finishes. In Hebrews 13, 2, 
says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, who is what? The author and the what? Finisher. Faith comes from him, from his anointed word and his Holy Spirit. But that's not the end. He's also the one who helps us to finish. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I'm not just a starter. I'm a finisher. And my faith doesn't just begin. My faith finishes. Glory to God. You know, finishing is so important because no matter how excited you get about starting, you can start all big time and full ahead and on fire. But if you're like that for months and years and then you give up and quit, you get the same results as if you haven't even started. I mean, if you quit before you get to the end, if you quit before you finish, you get the same results as if you'd never even begun. That's sad. Oh, but how many times people were so close and the pressure increased and they gave up right before a miracle. Go with me to Luke, if you would. The eighth chapter. Thank you, Lord. Talking about the parable of the seed or the parable of the sower, we call it sometimes. Luke 8. He mentions four kinds of ground, Jesus does, and the results of the word being sown into these four types of ground wayside ground, stony ground. Thorny ground, good ground. And even though the same incorruptible seed was sown into each one of those four types of ground, only one of the types of ground produced any fruit. The other three got no results, no harvest, no fruit. Is it possible to have the incorruptible seed of the Word of God sown into your life and it give you faith and yet you have no results. Sadly it is. And isn't that what we've been talking about? That people got stirred up about faith. They got stirred up about the word. Only later to become disillusioned. And discouraged. And to quit. And I'm. Just since last night. I'm seeing some things differently about this. We've seen some things wrongly in these areas. And, and basically, you're going to see it before we get through, but basically, it's not God's fault. He's never been the problem. Never will be. It's not on him. He doesn't fail. I said he doesn't fail. If you've ever entertained an idea, any possibility that God wasn't there for you, that God didn't come through for you, that God let you down, you entertained a lie. It is absolutely not true. He never leaves you or forsakes you. He never fails to keep his word to those trusted. It's impossible for him to lie. He is the faithful God. Hallelujah. Faithful means you can count on him. Come on, can you count on him? Oh, friends, reject the devil's lies once and for all. Well, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and he didn't do it. Well, I confessed and it didn't happen. He didn't let you down. Just because you're seeing it and just because you're immersed in your perception of it doesn't mean he let you down. I'm telling you, he didn't let you down. One of these days you'll find out. 
But if you believe lies, they can rob you in this life and for the rest of your life. When you get out of this life and you get the blinders removed, you know, the Bible said uh, for the time being, we're looking like in a a glass. And and it talked about uh, these glasses were just polished metal. It was a blurry image. And we just see in part and know in part. But when you get out of here, one of the first things that people are going to say is, oh, oh, I see. No wonder. No wonder. I think for several months and years, we're going to be just every once in a while, you'll hear, oh, okay. Now I see. No wonder. Oh, and you know what you'll see every time? That no matter who told a lie, let God be true. And every man a liar. And you're going to see with you, with all your friends, with all your family, with everybody, God was faithful. And he was more merciful than you would have even asked him to be. But if you get to believe in lies... It'll choke off your blessing. You get to believe in lies and get kind of miffed at God. Pull back. It is so stupid. What other word could you use? You know, pull away from God. Don't go to church anymore. Don't pray anymore. Don't read you. You're only hurting yourself. You're just being a dummy. God was not your problem. He never let you down. Come on. Wake up. You need his help to make it through the morning. You better get your little self in gear and get back to him as quick as you can. And let him show you what really happened. And when you see it, what will you say? Oh, okay. I see. And you'll probably cry and repent and go, oh. God, forgive me for ever thinking such a dumb thing. You are always faithful. Always true. Always good. Well, you can believe that before you find out the details. You can just make a choice right now that no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, or anybody says or does or doesn't do, I have decided. The Bible is true. And that my good God is a faithful God. Hallelujah. Faithful and true. Lord, are you? And I trust you. If things didn't go right, wasn't your fault. Wasn't your fault. Don't blame God. Don't be a fool and blame God. Draw near to him and let him enlighten you. Let him show you. <laughs> Woo. Luke 8, are you there? Four types of ground. One incorruptible seed of the word. Only one group got results. One of them he mentions in Luke 8, 13, are those on the rock. Rocky ground. He said, they are they, Luke 8, 13, which when they hear... They receive the word with joy. And these have no root. It was a shallow reception. Now, you know they believed it initially, but it was a shallow reception. They got excited about it. There's joy, but there's no depth. There's no root, which what? For a while, believe. And in time of temptation, do what? Fall away. They cast their confidence away. They give it up. They quit. Matthew 13 says it like this. Matthew 13, 20. He that received the seed in the stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and anon with joy receives it. Yet has he no root, not root in himself, but dures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is what? Offended. 
What is offended? And what was this over? The word. All of this is over the word. The word came. And this person, described by stony ground person, received it and was excited and had joy. But it was a surface, shallow reception. And as time passed, there was pressure brought against the word. Persecution because of the word. Well, what's that like? Well, it's challenging the truth of the word. You haven't seen it. You haven't felt it. It hasn't come to pass what the word said. And so the pressure arises and the enemy is behind the pressure. Where is it at? You're worse than you were. Where's the money? Where could it possibly come from? No way, no how. Not going to work. And he can influence other people. And they can say these things. And there's pressure because of the word. And if you don't have a deep reception of it, a deep conviction of your belief, after a while, what happens? You start listening too much to these things against the word. Oh, that's not right. Oh, that old blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it, all that sowing and reaping stuff. That's just, you know, people trying to line their pockets. That's just, uh, all that junk. That's nothing to that. Nothing to that. Nothing to that. God's in control. He's the one that decides all these things. It's not. And you look at it and it looks that way and it feels that way. And after a while, well, I guess it didn't work. And the moment you say that and believe that, that incorruptible seed that you receive, it comes out of you. Now, there's no way you're going to have a harvest. And you're stuck living just like any unsaved person on the planet. And whose fault was it? Was it God's fault? Was it because faith didn't work? No. Because it, the word didn't hold up? No. Didn't accomplish what it was supposed to? No. no. Look with me in Psalms, if you would. Psalm 105. Psalm 105, 19. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the truth that makes me free. Hallelujah. I'm not just a starter. I'm a finisher. I fight the good fight. I finish my course. I keep the faith. Hallelujah. Not going to let anybody get my faith. I'm keeping my faith. Devil can't get it. People can't get it. Circumstances can't get it. Passing a time can't get it. My faith in his word, in him is not a shallow reception. It goes all the way down. Hallelujah. My commitment of conviction to his holy word and the truth of his word and the faithfulness of my God is not a shallow reception. It goes all the way down, hallelujah, to the bottom of my being. I got roots halfway to China. (laughs) I grew up on a farm. And sometimes myself, my brother, my dad, different ones would be, we're supposed to clear something out. And sometimes you go and you you pull up little... uh, little saplings or little trees or something that was in the way and you could just grab it and pull it and then you get a hold of one and it don't move. That's right. And you think, what is the deal with this? And you work on it and you dig on it and you pull on it and you get it moving a little bit and then you realize, man, look at them roots. Those roots go all the way over here. That's why you can't just jerk it up. Isn't that right? Man, when you got something that's got roots, I mean Tornadoes and hurricanes come through. 
and they might blow some leaves off, but the thing is still there. And you think, how did that thing withstand all that? Because there's a whole lot under the ground you're not seeing. Somebody say, I have roots. I have roots, big roots, and they go deep. What does that mean? That means I'm not tossed around by every wind of doctrine. I don't give up and change because a few days pass. Because I don't see something come to pass all at once or in a few weeks or a few months or even years. Got roots. I got roots. Deep roots. Big roots. Roots. What what kind of roots? A deep conviction and commitment to the truth of God's word. To the faithfulness of the one who said it. To the surety of coming to pass. Everything he told me. Everything that came out of his mouth. Hallelujah. Real faith is faith that finishes. Are you there in Psalm 105? Verse 17. 105.17 says, He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came. Or was fulfilled or came to pass. He tried the word of the Lord. Now, anybody know what we're talking about? Joseph. As a boy. He had visions and dreams. And he had this vision. Of him being a ruler, and even all his family coming around him. And oh man, made his brothers mad. They sold him for a slave. So he had shackles, he had iron on his wrists and on his ankles as a young man. He was sold as a slave. He lived as a slave in Potiphar's household. God blessed him and made him a prosperous man as a slave. But Things got bad, and they went went from bad being a slave to even worse. Sometimes people think, well, could it get any worse? It can. Potiphar's wife lied on him, accused him of attacking her, raping her. Lies, lies. But Potiphar believed it, and they put him in the lowest dungeon in the country. So here he is. He's got this excitement about this vision God gave him, this dream of overcoming and rulership and victory, this glorious dream. And when he sold as a slave following the camels on those dusty trails in chains, don't you think the devil's telling him, where's your dream now? When he becomes the property of this man, where's your dream now? And then when he's kicked out of that, into a dungeon where he's supposed to stay there and rot forever. I mean, appeals, forget it. Getting out, there is no getting out, naturally speaking. He's done for. And the enemy, don't you think he's telling him, where's your dream now? Where's your faith now? Where's the word of the Lord now? And this went on for years. Everybody say years. 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 Years as a slave. Years in prison. Years in darkness and bondage, you can give up. You can lose hope. You don't have to. I said, but you don't have to. And until the time that that word about that vision and that dream that God gave him years ago, until the time came, that word was fulfilled and it came to pass, Joseph was trying that faith stuff. He was trying the word to see if it worked. No, no. Everybody do this. What was trying what? He wasn't trying the word. He wasn't testing the word to see if God is true and if the word is real. Honey child, that's beyond you. That's above your pay grade. God is real. And his word is sure no matter what you think 
or what you don't think or what any of the humanity down. I don't care if seven billion people down here uh, of the eight or whatever it is, if they decide that God's joke and a fairy tale, what does that mean? It don't mean a thing. They'll quit breathing real soon. God is not insecure. He has no feeling pressing him to prove to us, oh, come on, believe in me, please, believe in me. I'm real. I'll do something nice for you. He is the Almighty. He's already proved everything. He doesn't need to defend himself in front of us. It's not him that's being tested. It's not his word that's being tested. It's not the reality of faith in him that's being tried. It's us. Us. Until the time that the word came, the word of the Lord did what? He was the one that was being tested. Is he going to hold on to it or not? Is he going to believe it or not? Is he going to quit or not? Is he going to give up or not? It wasn't the word that was being tested. It's him. And so when people talk about it, I tried that, that tithing stuff. I tried that, that, that faith stuff. I tried that confession stuff. Oh, no, no, no. It tried you. And you came up short. It tried you and you failed. It's true no matter what you think. It works no matter what you think. Come on, can you see this, friend? No. We need mind renewal in these areas. Because people feel sorry for folks that didn't get results. Like somehow God let them down. People, I've seen preachers that are apologetic. Oh, I'm so sorry, you know, that things didn't work out for you. Well, yeah, we don't want to see people hurt and miss out. But whose fault is it? It's not like God let anybody down. It's not like the word didn't work. That was never on trial. That was never being tested. Maybe in their minds it was, but in reality, they were the ones that we're going to find out. Where you hang in or whether you don't. Whether you just had a little shallow reception and you give up and quit real easy or you don't. Go to John, please. Chapter 6. We should never apologize for God. Nothing to apologize for. We should never apologize about his word. Or about faith in him. It's never failed anybody. Never will. I know a lady came to me one time all upset when I was ministering healing school there at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And she came up to the pulpit just as I was about to go. and She plopped her Bible down. And she said, I wish you'd tell me something, please. Oh, she's hot. I said, well, well, if I can, I don't know everything. But if I can, I will. She said, she pointed her finger. She said, why doesn't this work? And uh, I just looked at it and noticed it was the Bible and said, it does. She said, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. She said, it does not. I said, it does too. (laughs) Well, we're getting nowhere. (laughs) Right? I said, what, what? So I looked at it, it was James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. I said, is that, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. She said, it doesn't work. I said, it does. She said, it does not. I said, it does too. (laughs) What do you mean? I said, well, it's the Bible, right? Yeah, but I did it. We did it. It didn't work. I said, now, you you were sick. She said, yeah, I still am. I said, you called for the elders. Yeah, I did. They prayed over you. Yeah. Prayed the prayer of faith. Yeah. But the Lord didn't raise you up. No. Didn't heal you. No. I said, hmm, this is a problem. Let's go over it again. You were careful. I said, you were sick. Yes, still am. Called for the elders of the church. Yes. They prayed over you. Yes. 
Prayed the prayer of faith? Yes. Lord didn't raise you up? No. Didn't heal you? No. I said, you sure? You sure you did this? Yes. But he didn't do it? No. I said, well, sister, I don't care who who you are. If you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you're a liar. I guess the Lord lied to you. I'm sorry. She said, no. (laughs) She got quiet. Said, no. I said, she said, God can't lie. I said, that's what I thought. I thought that too. (laughs) I said, let's go over this again. (laughs) You were sick. You called for the elders of the church. They prayed over you. They prayed to prayer. I said, tell, tell me exactly what they prayed. They said, Lord, heal her if it be thy will. I said, sister, that's not the prayer of faith. And we talked some about it. But now, the reason I brought it up, she was convinced she had done and they had done what the Lord told them to do, but he didn't do what he said he would do. How many understand that cannot be? That cannot be. So if it looks like he didn't do what he said he would do, something's wrong with your looking. Because there's nothing wrong with him. And he's faithful. And when you get out of here, you'll go, oh. But right now, you're just seeing in part. Who was being tried? Was God on trial? She might have thought so, but that's just goofy thinking. Was the word, the veracity and truth and faithfulness of the word on trial? No, it never was. Was real faith in God on trial? No, no, it was her that was being tried and coming up short. John 6, I want you to notice this. John 6 and 60. This is where Jesus preached... The famous message on eat my flesh and drink my blood. (laughs) And things changed radically. Up until this point, there were massive crowds that came to hear Jesus preach and teach. After this point, there were thousands of people that did not come back to hear him preach again. And was not a part of his ministry anymore. Over one message. Many, therefore, of his disciples, whose disciples? His disciples, his followers. That means a regular follower. When they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. This eat my flesh, drink my blood stuff. This is crazy. Who can hear it? Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his, whose disciples? His disciples. These are not just strangers that pass by the service. They murmured at it. He said to them, does this what? Does it what? Offend you. Isn't that what happened with the stony ground? What does it mean to get offended? Well, you get hurt. You get mad. You get upset. Why? Because it didn't work. They're mad, they're upset because this don't make sense to them. This is crazy. Does this offend you, he says? And what if you see the Son of Man ascend up before where he was? It's the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, their spirit and their life. But there are some of you that don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I to you that no man can come to me except it were given to him of my father. I mean, you you might say he didn't help the situation. Here, half his crowd or, or who knows how many thousands, I guess are ready to walk and say, take my name off the mail list. I will not be back to that church. 
a lot of pastors and ministers would go into damage control. Oh, please, please, you're misunderstanding. That's not what I meant. You know, don't take, eat, eat your flesh, drink your blood. Don't take it so literally. Please, let me explain. Come back. Let me explain. Jesus did none of that. He didn't chase them. We make a mistake chasing people. It's acting like God's got something to apologize for sometimes. Now, if you messed up, okay, admit that you messed up. But don't apologize for God. Don't act like he's got something he needs to make up for. When they're the ones failing the test. He said, oh, this offends you, huh? What if you see the Son of Man caught? And they, they're shaking their head at that. They're like, huh? It just confirms. He's off. He's off. Come on. Mildred, get your bag. We got to go. We can't, we can't be a part. These folks are in error. We, we can't be a part of this anymore. <laughs> and uh, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And he didn't try to chase them. He didn't try to explain to them. He turns to the twelve and says, y'all leaving too? Why? He's not the one on trial. They may not realize it, but he knows it. His teaching and preaching is not on trial. It's from the Father. It's from heaven. It's right. Come on, are y'all listening? He's not on trial. They think they just tried him and decided he doesn't measure up to what they want and believe in, and so they're walking. And what they don't realize is when they turned around and left, they were disapproved. Not him. They were disapproved. And they're the ones going to miss out. They're the ones going to be robbed not being at the next meeting, at the next service, not getting their faith fed. Come on, are you listening? They're the ones going to be robbed. The Amplified says, Jesus said, still some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. Go to 1 John, the second chapter, please. 1 John 2. This is really important things. 1 John 2 and 19, the Spirit of God through John describes people who separated themselves from them. Just like what we just got through reading in John 6. Now all this goes back to where we started in the beginning. There are a number of people who have separated themselves from faith. Decide they want something else. And they preach something else and believe something else. But was it the word that failed? Was it God that failed? Was it real faith in God that failed? No, no, no. No. Who was being tried? They were, not God. Amen. They were. When people say, well, I, you know, I'm going to try that. Don't. Amen. You don't try the things of God. Yes. I'm going to try that faith stuff, that healing stuff. I'm going to try that tithing stuff. I'm gonna, you don't try it. If you're trying it, you've not yet decided whether you believe it or not. And if you haven't decided... For sure, whether you believe it or not, it's a little shallow, no root reception. And the first time any pressure comes, any delays, any issues, you're going to quit. And it's because you never were convinced to start with. You were just trying it. And a lot of people have tried things. They, you know, I mean, uh, God blesses a ministry. He blesses a church. Things are going good. And people got some testimonies. And people got some results. Oh, man, let's jump on the bandwagon. Let's jump on. Yay, yay, yay. Everything's great. Music is good. Lights are bright. Hallelujah. We all going to get healed. We all going to get saved. We all going to get filled. We all going to get thrilled. We all going to get rich. Yay. But as time goes on, some do and some don't. And 
Now we're going to find out who's really in. Who really believes and who don't. Well, I prayed for Mama and she didn't get it. So I ain't never coming back to church. You just failed. Not God's word. Not God. You. You just prove you weren't convinced to start with. John said, the Spirit of God says, these individuals, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. This is Revelation. Let me read this to you from another translation from the the God's Word translation. They left us. I know pastors watching. Pastors get so upset because people leave. But there ain't no such thing as having a real church any length of time without having people come and people go. They're going to come and they're going to go. And if you live in the fear, the fear of man is a snare. If you live in a fear trying to watch it and preach things that people will like and don't preach anything that will upset anybody, it'll be intellectual and powerless and they'll still leave. <laughs> And what the enemy will try to tell you is because of you. You're not a good enough minister. You don't preach well enough. Well, we're human. And we can have shortcomings and we can make mistakes. But if your heart's right and you seek God and you're genuinely trying to do what he told you to do, the problem ain't you. The problem is they were never hooked to start with. It just took a little time for it to show up. This is not just churches and ministries and people and and partners. This includes your friends. I've had people look at me and just cry profusely. I thought they were my friend. A lot of times I want to say, you thought wrong. (laughs) I don't always say it, but a lot of times it's obvious If they were your friend, they'd still be there. You heard the term fair weather friends? A fair weather friend is not a friend. And all those people are very, they're very hurt and upset because they say, well, I thought they were my friend. And the truth is, you thought wrong. You assumed something that was never true. They were never committed to you. They never really believed in you. When everything was going good, they enjoyed riding with you for a little while. (laughs) It's quiet in this church today. Am I reading scriptures though? God's word translation. They left us. However, they what? They were never really part of us. Now they, they had been physically apart. Who knows? Maybe even months and years. But not really part of us. How do you know? This is not just John talking. This is the Holy Spirit. If they had been truly a part of us, they would have stayed with us. But by leaving, they made it clear that none of them were part of us. The BBE. Is this scripture? Is this New Testament scripture? Should we accept it and believe it? The BBE, they went out from us, but they were what? When he says they went out from us, that means from our group, from our camp, from our church, from our fellowship. But they were not of us. They were not really a part. If they had been of us, they would still be with us. 
Now the devil will try to tell you all kind of other things, but this is the truth. But they went out from us so that it might be made clear that they were not of us. This is why Jesus didn't chase those guys. Leaving over that message in John 6. Why? It would have done no good. Well, I'm, I'm losing them. No, you never had them. You never had them. <laughs> oh, my. Sometimes people get so upset. But, you know, in a lot of churches, I mean, it's not good, but a lot of churches, half the folks could leave. You'd never know it in the finances. You'd never know it in the prayer or the faith or working on teams or helping. (laughs) Well, who are we serving? It's not God that's being tried. It's not his word that's being tried. Who is it? It's us. Are we faithful? Do we have roots? Are we in this for the long haul? Can you lift a hand and say, I'm in this for the long, the long haul. Are you going to be able to say like Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Did, did Paul have some things he had to go through to finish his course? You reckon he was tempted a time or two to be tired, to be weary. I mean, you know, stoning would tend to take something out of you. stoned and left for dead he bobbed up and down like a cork in the ocean for days and nights at a time I mean he was shipwrecked in an island snake bit is that right I mean he had some stuff happen do you reckon there was ever a time when there was a temptation or a thought to Paul is I'm going to quit I'm just, I've had it with this but he didn't yield to it I said he didn't yield to it he didn't entertain it he was going all the way, and there came the time when he realizes, I'm done. I'm done. I've finished everything I'm supposed to do, and he is a happy boy. He's saying, I have fought me a good fight. I didn't just lay around and do nothing. I fought the good fight of faith. I didn't lay down. I didn't moan and groan and quit. And I have finished my course. Oh, what wonderful words. What wonderful words. I have finished my course. And how did he do all this? I have kept the faith. I kept it. I didn't let anything get it out of me. I didn't let anything get it away from me. I have kept the faith. Oh, friend, make up your mind. It doesn't matter what my relatives do or don't do. I'm staying with God. It doesn't matter what my so-called friends do or don't do. I'm staying with God. It doesn't matter what other folks say, other preachers and other people in the body of Christ. They can get some new revelation. They can get some new idea. I'm staying with God's word and faith in God and living by faith. Hallelujah. It's a word that cannot fail. It's a word. It's a God who cannot lie. It's a God who will never leave you or forsake you or fail you or let you down. He's committed to me. He's been proven. His word is tried many times and proven forever. It's me that needs to step up and prove I'm no fair weather believer. I'm not trying anything. I'm doing this. Hallelujah. And I'm going all the way. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Somebody lift up your hands and say, glory to God. Glory. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Lift up your hand. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we exalt you. We extol you. We magnify your holy holiness, your faithfulness, your goodness. Hallelujah. We trust you. We trust you forever. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.